0: Hello, everybody. This is Tom and uh, our podcast for today, July 7, 2022, the Tell Me About Your Tech Job podcast. Um, today, we have uh, a really cool guy who's done a lot of neat stuff over his uh, years in, in cybersecurity. And I've uh, known him since he kind of out of the blue reached out to Kind of establish a, a, a friendship with our, our security dogs team and, and help provide support and guidance over the years um, to to students and um, the members of that team and it's been a, a great knowing him. Uh, this is Alden Hutchinson, and Alden and this is a Saluki, and we'll talk about that. But um, he right now is working for IBM in a in a security role as a partner. And, um, I guess before we start your, uh, you know, your formal slides, maybe Alden, you want to tell us just a little bit about yourself and, and have you always been interested in technology or how'd you get interested in, in the tech field? Sure.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I, am from Southern Illinois, uh, went to school at SIU and, uh, technology was always a, a passion of mine. I, uh, in high school, I started installing car stereos for my friends. So I, uh, kind of was into electronics and a home theater and a uh, car audio and uh, just from there, it progressed into computers and, and so on. So e- even today I still watch and read a lot of tech blogs and, uh, On green energy electric cars those kinds of things so it's it's always been something that's interested me
0: so so were you driving around town with like 15 inch subs in your back bumping
1: (laughs) i couldn't afford them but all my friends were they i would let them spend the money and i would have the fun of installing it
0: okay gotcha so yeah you've always kind of been interested in technology and that and that brought you to siu to which program
1: yeah i uh went into the uh, school of engineering uh i was a uh, com- a electrical engineer with computer specialization. So at the time, I'm not sure if you, it's changed now, but at the time they didn't have uh, an accredited computer engineering degree. Right. Um, and so I, I did that and then had a minor in, in math.
0: And and that's not uncommon um, for, for folks out in, in technology industry to go that route through engineering. And I think it gives you a really unique perspective of you know how the bits flow the ones and zeros bounce around Mm -hmm. um, that that maybe you get if you're more of a user layer focused education both valuable and both useful in their own ways um so you graduated siu with your your degree in in engineering and um from there uh you want to tell us like kind of what you've done to lead up to where you're at now and then maybe start your slides sure uh, what or, all or, of this or stuff or
1: is in my slides. So start do you your one? slides. Let's okay. do it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, great, great line of questions though, because this is exactly how I sort of organized my thoughts. Um, so we, uh, you know, we covered a couple of these things. So I'll, I'll jump into this, you know, uh, where I grew up. Karma is a uh, home of the bulldogs and it's about an hour and 20 minutes from, from, uh, Carbondale. So, you know, i visited University of Illinois, I visited Carbondale. Yeah, Carbondale was sort of a nice size fit and strong engineering program. So that's really what drew me there. Um, one interesting thing I wanted to point out about my background, and I think it affected my thought process when I went into technology, is I my family all worked in the coal mine in Carmi. And I actually worked there as for a summer job, as well as the Kerr-McGee mine in Galatia when I was in college at SIU, and having those um, blue collar uh, jobs, you know, out there shoveling coal and, and, you know, repairing equipment stuff has definitely given me perspective on uh, having a desk job now, right? Being able to not be out there doing that kind of work. So when I start to whine about too many WebExes and and Zoom (laughs) meetings, I remind myself there there could be other alternatives for me that, uh, you know, wouldn't be as pleasant. So, I, I think that just helped me be very focused when I did get to SIU around uh, what I wanted to do and, and continue to, to strive for those things. Um, so Tom, you know, keep me on track with with stuff. We, we kind of covered this with my uh, background on, in education. Um, one other thing I wanted to point out at SIU, which I thought was an interesting part of the program is uh, our senior year, you know, we had a design and build project. Uh, this is not an actual photo because I don't think cameras existed back when I went to <laughs> college. But uh, but we built a satellite dish pretty similar to looking to this where me and uh, four other teammates actually tracked weather satellites across the sky. And I was responsible for the program that uh, tracked their latitude and longitude um, and and rotated the satellite dish to, to match those coordinates. So it was a pretty fascinating, you know, chance to really build something from scratch, uh, which I thought was, I really enjoyed that part of the program. I, we spent countless hours in the lab, uh, getting that stuff to work, but it was probably one of the most rewarding classes I had at the time down there.
0: And and that's kind of a one one curriculum change we've implemented is a, a new kind of senior project um, kind of in conjunction or instead of an internship um, building something your senior year. That's, that's something we've got going now yeah. too. So excited about that. Neat, yeah.
1: Neat stuff. It is, you know, even we got down to like, like look, you have to uh, write a user manual for this. Right. And which was a great learning uh, point for me, like going into to security and technology was, you know, you got to have well written instructions, clear, plain English. Good diagrams, yeah. So, the, we, you know, learned a lot of valuable stuff that I s- still use today uh, out of that that project. Um, so, kind of, and I won't spend too many times on the early days, but just kind kind of give you guys sort of a, a path here. Of work. Yeah, that's great. Um, so, my first job, uh, actually, people from Cellular One Chicago came down and recruited from SIU because several of the people that worked in the engineering department there had graduated SIU as well. So that that network of, of people from SIU gave me my first job opportunity. So I went into their network operations team, uh, helped, you know, we would de- deploy the code that the new cell sites would run on. We would troubleshoot, you know, outages. And, and so I learned a lot about, uh, you know, carrier, uh, issues around, you know, how T one's worked, how the, the, all the protocols worked to signal between offices and between cell sites, how the wireless, radios worked um, ss7 uh yeah yeah doing ss7 signaling between the the sites and um you know just doing upgrades and maintenance um and, and did that for it was about two and a half years in total uh but you know it was it was a great again sort of that foundational like computer engineering provided a great foundation so did this experience in telecom because so many things run on this you know and it's the backbone of, of a lot of the technology we you know that i'm responsible for securing today and
0: Um, and i think it also highlights something really cool is that you know the saluki alumni network uh gives back you know that's that's awesome there's so many people who've helped uh you know the 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 recent and and upcoming grads find jobs which is critical
1: yeah yeah you know and i've continued to do the same thing in my career as you know tom when i reached out to you to join the the um the advisory board it was also the benefit to me was being able to hire people who went through a program that i knew taught people great foundational skills and we could bring them into security operations roles and yeah and we've done that successfully i think five or six people we hired Pro- if yeah we probably yeah
0: and let's so, get a, get some more hopefully
1: yeah absolutely um so from there you know i i uh because i had the telecom background I got approached, I met someone uh, at a barbecue, uh, was a friend of the family, and he was looking for a technical project manager to run a security program for a tele, for Ameritech, which was the regional bell company uh, at the time that managed the Midwest. So this was uh, the telecom industry's kind of been fascinating, right? They took AT&T, they broke it apart into all these regional bells, then they let it come back together. And but now there's, you know, Verizon, T-Mobile, all these various competitors that basically have national footprint. But at the time, what they were doing, this company, Netrex, was a small company out of Southfield, and they were actually running a managed security business for Ameritech. So they Ameritech didn't have the uh, knowledge of security. So this small company out of Southfield, Michigan was basically running this service on their behalf, and Ameritech was selling it. What at the time, what it boiled down to was selling t one lines to businesses, right? And then, uh, offering a secured version of that where we'd put their t1s behind a shared firewall we were running checkpoint firewalls for them and we were um opening you know very particular ports for them to maybe have an email server a web server ftp you know real basic you know back to the beginning times of um
0: packet filters
1: yeah and and it was interesting this company netrex actually was checkpoints training partner so they wrote all of checkpoints training materials they they were doing a lot of innovative things you know, this is back in in 1988 uh you know in the very early days of of security technology and so they uh they were really pretty innovative at the time and was like a I think it was a 90 person company when I joined them um so it was a great opportunity for me to use the telco knowledge I had and start to learn security um I was the technical project manager I also ended up being more of a tier three engineering support I learned how to write checkpoint rules. I learned how to write um, Cisco router rules and build, you know, routing tables and things like that. So, uh, you know, I was able to kind of leverage my technical passion and and do Mm -hmm. that as a job as well. Um, So from there, you know, kind of fast forward a little bit through kind of career progression. So what really occurred during this time of span about 10 years is is uh, a progression i mean this is really an acceleration period for security in general Um, so netrex got acquired by internet security systems which was one of those pioneers in the security space as well they were known for their vulnerability uh, scanning software for their um, intrusion detection software Uh, but they didn't have a services capability they bought netrex to be that managed services capability and so i became part of that team and my job was to Help integrate new customers into the SOC, right? So, deploy the technology, uh, get the access for us to manage their technology and help um, secure, you know, create their policy, secure their environment. So, now, you know, beyond firewall, it was IDS, it was log management services. We also worked with some large partners and helped them build their own security capabilities. They basically wanted to be a reseller of ISS and put their own label on it. Okay. So we would partner up with, you know, all these uh like HP, Hewlett Packard, for example. They they didn't have their own capability. We helped set up their their SOC and build out that capability, but we were the back end that was doing all the monitoring and management.
0: And, um, and they and they take all the glory.
1: Yeah. Well, and we get part of the money. So that that's <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all goodness. Uh, around that time I also got my CISSP. So this was, you know, the first time I really I I had gotten some certifications on checkpoint, you know, in the early days, but this was the first time I really focused on, are there some credentials I should have? Right. And kind I of progress my career. And I felt like I started to see myself as being, I wasn't going to be a technical person forever, but I could use my technical understanding to manage people and manage programs. And so I felt like being CISSP is very wide and not very deep. Right. And I thought that was a great, way to show what I knew and be, be able to leverage that for further career progression
0: definitely now so so the 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 ISS and the Netrix, Netrix yeah. was kind of um they they were purchased so that ISS had a a group that knew how to do managed security and exactly be able to take their product and and run yeah. with it and okay yeah, Needs. that's exactly and, it. And people may not realize, but like you said, ISS was one of the big biggies back in the day. They really
1: were. Yeah. Um, the, and I've read an interesting article. It's it was in the Atlanta Journal, um, and they showed all of the companies that spun off of ISS from all the early founders. There was a a good eight or ten companies that all originated from from ISS. So they, they really were pioneers in the in the space uh, for many years. Neat. Yeah, um, and so then they ultimately ended up getting acquired by IBM. Um, this was around 2006, and they uh, IBM had some security. IBM was known at the time of doing strategic outsourcing, so that was where a a company would outsource all of their IT functions to IBM, and IBM would you know manage. Oftentimes, would hire those people, would rebadge them to be IBM employees. But over time, would would try to optimize and streamline the IT functions of a client. Because oftentimes what you talk about with a client is your businesses, maybe healthcare, your business is not really IT. So let the IT professionals run your IT department and you focus on healthcare, which is what you're good at. That's what your mission is in life. Yep. So so part of that was helping secure that IT infrastructure. So IBM would do that, but they didn't have a sophisticated security program like we did at ISS. So they acquired ISS to again become that managed services platform for IBM customers. Um, it was an interesting time because IBM was the acquirer and we were we were 1,500 people at Internet Security Systems. They were 400,000 people at IBM, uh, but they bought us and they said, hey, you guys are the smart people. You tell us what to do. So even though we were the acquired people, we were the ones telling them how to Run the operations, so it and it created some friction, right? Uh, that was one of the reasons I ended up actually leaving around that time. Uh, is that we would go into all of these large strategic outsourcing accounts, and I remember one very clearly where the IRS was one of IBM's customers, right? The Internal Revenue Service, and the head of that team. I told him, "Hey, we're going to integrate your security into our program. Uh, you're going to pay extra for it because we we weren't uh, caught, you know, we were." a uh, revenue generating uh center for for the company not a just a cost recovery mm-hmm. and it was like a a battle of wills right they you know do you know who i am do you know you're not going to you know tell me what to do and it was it was a sort of a constant thing like every account we'd go into they would fight us tooth and nail because it was costing them more money right and they were very focused on the margin right and the business so career wise what it taught me is some really strong leadership skills, right? Some ability to talk to very senior people. Um, but it was a very challenging time in my career, right? It, it, in some ways, I, I it sort of wore on me and I, I had to do something new. And uh, is it
0: is it fair to say about that time that that these larger organizations didn't really um, realize the value that having somebody with that expertise and security yeah. coming in and advising and giving you the assistance provided i mean it was people weren't getting they they hadn't been hurt yet like they have been since right
1: correct yeah that that's a it's a very fair point that um at the time like ibm was mainly managing firewalls for these clients that was their focus so you know internet security systems had sort of moved ahead into ids log management uh, all these other things IBM was kind of back in the Netrex world where they were doing just firewall management and maybe a little bit of additional security. So they didn't understand the value of detecting intrusions because they're like you just said, there hadn't been any really major breaches where people's names hit the paper and those kinds of things. So it was early days and they didn't quite understand the value of what they had. And so they would resist it because they're like, what? what? it's almost like a tax on their profit on their business, right? Why are you making me pay more for something that I don't see the value in? Yeah, yeah. Um, And it took them a while to really understand that and and took some mandates from the senior levels of IBM to say, you are going to do this. IBM is going to be known as a a outsourcer who is a security minded outsourcer. That's how we're going to differentiate ourselves from the other people in this space. So again, from a career progression wise, I learned a ton even though I didn't necessarily like it and that's one thing I I will note about my career is sometimes the things you disliked the most were the times you were learning the most. Sure. Um because it really causes you to forge sort of a pretty strong willpower and mindset about what you're what you're going to do, what you're going to stand for, how you're going to operate as an individual and and so it it was a you know great lesson for me. Um, and so then I, I got an opportunity. So the the guy that I met back in the Netrex days who tapped me for that original project management job, he had founded a company. So when ISS was acquired, he didn't go in with the acquisition. He left. He started uh, actually a couple of companies. He was sort of a serial entrepreneur. Uh, he said, hey, we're trying to get into the managed services business. I've started this company Trustwave. They were known as a PCI company, right? They'd go help clients make their PCI, do their audit, mm-hmm. make sure they're PCI compliant so they could take and process credit cards. Um, and he tapped me and said, "You know, would you be interested in, in running this managed services uh, organization for me? Which was a great opportunity, right? Um, that was moving to an executive leadership role. Uh, it was in Chicago where my old job kind of rolled up through Atlanta. Um, and so it was an opportunity for me to be part of an executive team. Um, And and it was, again, so six years, uh, a really great learning experience because Trustwave acquired a large number of companies, so nine companies in six years, and we were integrating all those companies along the way, right? They bought a a SIM uh, company, they bought a NAC solution, they bought a WAF solution, all these things, because they were trying to create a portfolio of products and services, their ultimate goal was either to go public or to sell off to a larger company and so they they were trying to build value in the organization by bringing in all this intellectual property mm-hmm. having their own they really wanted to build a solution that a client could not have to pick all these different vendors like hey I want checkpoint I want splunk I want they could come to trustwave and get a a portfolio that would cover all their security needs may not be leader in everything, but good enough to solve, especially you think about these clients who are focused like on PCI. Again, they're not in the business of doing anything other than trying to sell food or trying to book people in hotel rooms. So they need a minimum viable kind of platform. They don't necessarily need best of breed. And so that's where Trustway was really trying to focus was that, that solid middle ground for a mid Mid-tier, mid-size enterprise,
0: and and then they could go to Trustwave, and they would have one vendor who would take care of everything exactly. they needed.
1: Simplify their transactions, have one vendor to work with. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, from from problem to solution, you're yeah. not blaming this person and that person, this vendor, yeah. that vendor. Yeah,
1: exactly. So it, it simplifies the the procurement process, the the vendor management process. Um, and, and then, so for me, the great experience I had is, so I took a lot of what I learned over the years at internet security systems, Netrex, uh, on how we built things, how to build and, and run a world-class operation. And I repeated it at um, at Trustwave. So we, we acquired a small company in Madison, Wisconsin, that was in the managed services business. We built our first SOC in Chicago. We moved all those people, or most of those people to Chicago. We built out a redundant facility in Denver, we uh, went overseas to to Warsaw, Poland. We we spun up an Asia Pac facility in Manila, um, and so you know, building out that round the round the clock, twenty four seven operation capability and learning how to govern it, measure it, uh, make it scalable and redundant. You know, all those things um, were really interesting challenges. Learned a ton. Got to work with a lot of really smart people along the way. And you know, one of the things I left uh, in 2014, but I was most proud of is in 2015, and this happened even a couple of the Gartner Magic Quadrants ahead of there was we got uh, ranked in the Challengers um, quadrant for uh, for managed services, right? So we went from not existing when I started in 20, uh, 2008 to to being a leader in the space, and, and Trustwave has actually continued to to grow. You know, after I've left. Um, and eventually got acquired by Singtel. So you know, about two or three years after I left, the the acquisition to Singtel occurred. Um, but you know, that foundation that that me and my team helped build there was was really what they were leveraging, which was great to see. You know, and very, very proud.
0: And you were able to bring a lot of Salukis uh, from our program yeah. along for some of those yeah. those uh, builds in Denver. I know, uh, was it Jacob, uh, Ross? Uh, yeah. Was it Jordan? Maybe Yeah, Um, Jordan
1: was there as well. Yeah, I think there were four or five of them and some of them moved to Denver for us. I think we sent some of them to Manila to help train the new people we hired in Manila, uh, as well as Warsaw. So it led to some great opportunities for the the people we uh, hired from.
0: Yeah, very neat. And and I'll mention, we, um, as as part of the security dogs and advising the security dogs had the opportunity, Alden was able to host us up in Chicago a few times when we were um going up for the competitions and get to tour uh Trustwave and speak to some of the the red teamers from the spider lab group and it was just a real fantastic opportunity for us and the students those those times that we got to do that that was really cool
1: yeah yeah it was a lot of fun to to host you guys um I I would point out one other thing at this point in my career so I'd been to managed services really from the start of of security and at this point, I was pretty burnt out. Uh, one thing about managed services, the, the the positive is you work with so many clients, you get to see so many problems in a really short period of time. So I got exposed to a lot. I was learning a ton, but it is a 24 by 7 job. You know, having a global operation means there's a problem somewhere in the world all the time. And so it can be very draining. Um, and so at this point in my career, I really was like, I, I got to do something different. I, I just can't keep the same pace, uh, and I you know, I wanted to sort of change up my career, uh, which leads to, to the next uh, slide. But I, I will say for any of you guys interested in security that I think managed services is a great place to start because you get exposed to so much, and in a short period of time, you can really learn a lot where, not to say enterprise jobs are, are not good, because they are, but you're working in a single enterprise, you see one way of doing things. Uh, so the alternative is, you know, you get exposed to just so many other client problems, and and oftentimes working across multiple clients in a single day, right, to solve those problems.
0: And, and one thing we've talked about with with several of our guests so far has been um, this idea of, you know, if you can if you can find your niche and specialize. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you can you can really carve out a good spot for yourself in the the career field and you
1: know absolutely make a lot
0: of money sometimes and uh, absolutely. Yeah. and and seeing seeing yourself getting started in in uh a managed security services gives you that visibility into what all's out there and maybe help you decide where that niche might be mm-hmm. um which i know has been you know that's that's similar situations has helped some of the guests we've had get to being a storage expert and Splunk experts and and that type of thing and and really yeah. doing a lot in their careers. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you talk about the ability to, you know, financially succeed, right. I started in 95, right. With that first solder one job by this job in 2008, I was making about six times as much in salary and base salary as I was when I originally started. Right. So in, in, 12 years or so, 13 years.
0: That's quite a, quite a.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) and it was because of the way that market has grown and it's still that way today, right? Uh, I look at the unfilled job stats, there are millions of unfilled positions. uh, And so there's, and people are looking for every opportunity to lower the bar to get people into the roles and continue to train them. So uh, there's no shortage of ways to get started. And then once you get started, like you said, carve out your niche, really go deep in something and, and there's great opportunities out there.
0: You know, I've even heard of, of federal organizations throwing out drug testing and re- yep. requirements for bachelor's degrees anymore. Yep. So that's, that's something I'm surprised ever
1: would have happened, but yeah, we started to drop our bachelor degree requirements as well. Um, at least for some of the roles, I think they still some of the going. roles. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, absolutely. They're trying to lower the bar to just get more people to take the opportunity. I think a lot of people just shy away from it, right? It seems intimidating to many people that they could even do some of these roles. Uh, if you're really coming in with a good solid set of fundamentals, networking, right. Understanding how TCP IP works is a Mm -hmm. great start and you can build upon that in many ways uh, and learn, you know, from there. Um, so then my transition from, from Trustwave was, was actually back to IBM. Um, IBM had, uh, finally figured out how to handle that acquisition of internet security systems. So that in the years I was gone, they had acquired uh, Q Radar, which is a market.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they had uh, acquired a few other companies and they realized they needed to stand up their own security division. So even when I said back in ISS days, when they acquired us, they wanted us to be the, the thought leaders for security. What they actually did at the time is they tore the software out and put it in their Tivoli software business unit, and they kept the services. They aligned it up with the services unit that did all the strategic outsourcing services, and part of that kind of broke what was special about ISS, which was our security research, our tap, You know, the the services people would feed information in the software development team, and vice versa. So we really create some great solutions because we worked so closely together. And they they kind of lost that, and a lot of people ended up leaving. But they they realized the errors of their way and and they started to pull all these pieces back together. So when I rejoined, um, they had created a security business unit. Uh, that business unit's now 8,000 people. Wow. Uh, w- we're one of the largest security providers in the world at this point, uh, you know, by number of headcount, by revenue uh, and so on. And um, at, when I joined, I moved into consulting. That was the other big change for me. I needed to get out of managed services Try something new that would extend my capabilities, would push me to learn more, right? And to be a consultant, you need to both sell your services and deliver your services. So, in the past, I was always in delivery. This was the first chance for me to go sell solutions to customers. So, you know, my role at the time was associate partner. Now I've I've uh, moved to partner, but the idea is I sit down with a client, I listen to their problem, I help come up with a solution. And then, through that process, you earn some trusts, right? You build a relationship, and show them that you've been through it, right? By having that experience and managed services, I come with some credibility to say I've done this. I've messed mm-hmm. up. I know where the mistakes are, and I can help you solve this problem. Uh, so that's really what you leverage to to drive these, you know, consulting engagements.
0: And so you're you're focused on. You said. Um... What was the sector name you
1: you called it? Yeah, now? so we refer to the market I serve now is called the communications market at IBM. It actually has several industries within it. Okay, um, so we we support all the major telecoms, right? Uh, energy and utilities, which doesn't seem like it'd be part of communications, but the way they organize, that's. So I serve all the power companies across the, the country, media and entertainment. So all your Netflix, NBCs, Disney's, you know, any any of those uh, folks cloud service providers so the Amazon uh, um the uh, Microsoft Azures the uh Google Cloud all those uh, are also my my clients and then consulting service integrators so like your enys your kpmgs they often okay. partner up with us to deliver technical solutions to their clients okay uh, and then law firms as well so we have you know major law firms across the country.
0: So when you when you're talking about the, the consultings and service integrators like a like a Deloitte or like something like that, um they are they they must kind of realize that their expertise stops someplace and they need yeah. to bring in somebody like like IBM Security to help yeah kind of give their customer what they need in a partnership role. Right.
1: Uh many of those uh consulting uh companies are strategy consultants, right? They help drive strategic change in a business. And they aren't necessarily technology specialists. We try to differentiate ourselves. We do strategy as well, but we go from strategy all the way down to the implementation of the technology, where a lot of them just stop at the strategy level. And so they'll leverage a third party to do a lot of their more technical work. There are some competitors like an Accenture who are more like us, where they have a full stack of Services, um, but but a lot of the ENYS and the Accentures and I'm sorry the uh, KPMGs and others will will leverage us for and other people for for those kinds of engagements.
0: Yep, we had a Splunk architect from Accenture earlier this semester. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Um,
1: so uh, just a couple of things I'd point out. You know, we were talking about certifications before. Mm-hmm. Lately, because of the move to cloud for all of our clients, right? Every client who IBM serves is either leveraging the cloud in some way or thinking about how they move their entire operations to the cloud. So cloud certifications uh, have been my focus more recently, right? Uh, so I got an AWS you know, security practitioner. I got a Google cloud security certification. Uh, probably we'll work on an Azure one here later this year. Um, not that I'm going to go deep in those at this point. Um uh, you know, where the pain points are as a client moves to them. Um, so so that's definitely a, a focus area of mine now.
0: And question, are is this kind of unusual for for a partner at IBM to be obtaining these certifications, these tech certifications, or
1: no, um, you know, I uh I'm probably right on the verge of not needing to focus on that any longer, but in my mind, I have always felt I need to stay relevant technology wise. I don't want to become the dinosaur that I know eventually I'm going to become. Um, So I'm really focused on trying to keep pace with the changing trends. And so I, you know, probably one more career step and yeah, it wouldn't necessarily make sense, but especially the markets I serve, Mm -hmm. it's such a hot topic and I need to be able to speak to it with some level of authority that uh, I really wanted to be well-versed in it.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. And I think, like you said, some people will get to the point where they just don't care to grow and learn yeah. anymore. They've done what they feel they need to do as base and, you know, pass, pass it off to somebody else, I guess. Right. Uh, yeah.
1: And one other thing I'd point out, I think it's interesting. Now, if I think back to my original job, right, I was in the telecom space, right? My first job was learning how telecom works. Now I'm serving the telecom industry and helping them secure. And, and they're pushing the envelope now with five G, with edge computing, with cloud computing. I mean, we're helping clients uh, build their entire five uh, G network in AWS, right? And how to secure that. Uh, it, you know, so the the telecom industry is is went through a complete shift in their technology stack and how they deliver services. And you know, I may be able to leverage stuff I learned in nineteen ninety five. And uh, still to this day, you know, and use it as a, a foundation for what I do now with my my role. So
0: are you seeing a lot of um, like moving to software defined networking and yeah, those? Okay.
1: A- absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, IBM. So we partner very closely with IBM consulting, which is our our strategy consulting arm of of IBM. So uh, our IBM consulting team is working in the telecom space to help clients build these virtual 5G networks in the cloud where they can do things like uh, network slicing, right? They can build these virtual slices of networks for maybe an individual company would like their own private network because they want to run all their industrial controls for all their factories across 5G and they want it to be a private network. They can do things like that because it's all virtualized. And um, and I,
0: IBM's coming in and helping the the T Mobiles and the Cricket Wirelesses exactly. Um, wow, that's neat. Maybe yeah. maybe maybe those two aren't the best examples, but uh.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we are working across any any mobile carrier you can name. We, we're we've got a project or multiple projects with them in in some capacity. So yeah, that that is the client base. Um. And so, you know, in in this role now, again, as I moved up to partner, now my responsibility is for the entire market. So I don't work as much on individual deals at this point. I've got a team of associate partners under me who are across these clients, and I'm helping them, especially in the larger opportunities, right? Because clients want to know that they're picking a trusted partner, right? Why why choose IBM versus Accenture or versus? TCS or one of these other large providers what what differentiates IBM so my job is to kind of help tell that story for the larger opportunities, and then they work the more individual projects at this point, Uh, but there are times still where you know I need to roll up my sleeves and help the team, you know, design a solution or implement a solution so i'm still doing that, you know as as it's needed
0: trace down a, a a cat five cable that somebody unplugged
1: <laughs> I can still do it I think if I had to <laughs>
0: <laughs> very neat um so today it sounds like you are you know you're leading a group of of people um that have A wide variety of talents and skill sets, because there's so many different things that IBM helps advise and and, uh, implement and integrate with. Yeah. Um, What skill sets do you think uh, are are kind of the ones people should focus on? I mean, security is broad, but... Are there are there specific technologies that you think are kind of the hot things that somebody who's graduating might want to look into and be knowledgeable about, maybe not an expert, but knowledgeable at least for entering these types of markets?
1: Sure. Yeah, the the biggest trends that I see that are invaluable skills to have is uh, so understanding of cloud, how how cloud works, uh, containers, virtualized environments, Kubernetes environments. Uh, and how to secure those, um, how to um, leverage AI and machine learning to automate and and uh, to um, analyze data more quickly, right? To pick up on trends uh, using orchestration tools and automation tools to speed up the work. Um, and a lot of these things you hear me saying, aren't necessarily security specific things, but they are what is accelerating security, and and actually those are the biggest needs we we have in the market. Trying to find people with those skills and that um, that knowledge to be able to, to leverage it,
0: to be able to scale things, and be able to take the data right. that comes in and have it run through some sort of orchestration engine and and yeah. make the make the, the changes that that improve security yeah. happen.
1: Absolutely, yeah. We, you know, we were talking about that uh, company moving their wireless network to the cloud, the the benefit of that is you can quickly spin up and spin down virtual machines, right? But you also need to secure those very quickly. So are they being spun up with a secure image? Do they have all the security controls applied? If one of them gets attacked, do we just wipe it out and restore a new one? Do we try to quarantine it and investigate it? So leveraging tools to do those functions very quickly is really important because then the network and the virtual environment is growing and, and changing so quickly, the security tools have to keep pace with that expansion as well.
0: And the the 5G networks are so much smaller now, right?
1: Um, meaning, uh, the, like the footprint of like the radios and stuff, or what do you mean? By right. That?
0: I mean, are there, is, is that fact, is it making it so that the VMs, the number of VMs that, that control these SDN um, implementations is just humongous now?
1: Well, I guess the the challenge we see is like, if I think about the old world, right? We had a, an entire data center dedicated to a, a, a region, right? Where we'd run a bunch of cell sites off of it. Now that's all, that entire data center is now in an AWS cloud. But the like if there's a dynamic need for more radios and more uh, calls to be delivered in Chicago because a Bears game is going on, they can quickly spin up all of the virtual technology they need to support that we need to make sure the security keeps pace, right? And so we need to be very good at automation and orchestration, just like they are on the network side, or they end up spinning up a bunch of virtual machines that don't get secured and, and now they could get you know compromised or have outages and so on. Okay, so I, that's sort of the scale issue that I see is the virtual, virtually it seems like a smaller footprint, but it's so dynamic that the the security controls have to keep pace with all that dynamic movement of machines and containers and so on. Okay,
0: that's really fascinating. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, it's caused us to really rethink how we, what we focus on in security, because it's not a static data center environment where you can have a log feed from everything and you can um, protect everything with a firewall, right? They're not all sitting behind a secure, network, right? And so you've got to think differently about how you secure that. And so, I mean, this buzzword gets way overused, but zero trust concepts, right? Right. Uh, we, we definitely focus very heavily. And that really, I think the pandemic accelerated that for us because now users are remote. The systems are accessing a lot of cloud-based systems. There's no firewall in between to secure me as a corporate user to that Azure workload. How are, What are we doing to make sure it's me who's accessing it? I've got the right privilege level. I'm only accessing what I need. That's all zero trust concepts. So we are now getting clients who really understand that they've got to bake that in to their solutions from the beginning. They can't. In the past, you used to just snap security on top mm-hmm. right after you built the solution. That's no longer the case.
0: It doesn't work like that anymore. Yeah. And hasn't for a while.
1: It is has not and and, you know back to the skills that people should come out with I think this is where uh, having developer skills right having written programs and understand how those programs work. Because you can you know we're constantly working with clients on how do you improve the security development process right, how do you get security baked in from the moment you define the requirements of your application. Um, And so that's a big push that, that a lot of clients are focused on now and so. That having that skill of what a developer does, how do they do their work is very helpful in, in security work as well.
0: What's it, what's it like working for IBM? I mean, IBM is the name in in computing. Um what's that yeah. like?
1: It's, it's interesting because de- depending on the person you talk to, they've got a different impression of who IBM is b- okay. based on what their own experience was. So some people are like, oh, I didn't even know you did this stuff because I I thought IBM was mainframes. Like, I, I just thought that's who they were because that's sure. what they maybe experienced. Um, and so it, I find it, it's fa- a fascinating place to work. IBM is both old school and cutting edge in research with, with cryptography, with, quantum computing I mean we are designing and building some of the most advanced systems in the world and at the same time we support some of the oldest systems in the world that like most of the financial transactions that take place still happen on IBM mainframes right
0: as400s
1: yeah it, you know <laughs> so it's fascinating that we can both be in both of those worlds uh and then and from a security perspective we've got a able to support clients on both ends of those spectrums right the clients that are bleeding edge and the clients who still need to maintain security around those old mainframe systems um, which provides for some interesting um, challenges right you've got to both kind of keep pace with or knowledge of what happened in the past and how to secure that and as well as keep pace with with all these future advanced things and for me i love working with smart people it pushes me to learn more Uh, so uh, being able to be around so many people and have access to not just the people in our security division, but all the people in the IBM Research division, our um, we have people that do statistical research with our um, clients, and and they provide a lot of rich data about client needs and trends in the industry, all those things. So there's just I, I've got access to so much data and knowledge. It's it's a fantastic place to be if you if you want to learn and grow
0: yeah and ibm puts out some good reports every year i know yeah. tr- trustways was one of my favorites still yeah. is um but ibm's got some good ones too and it's it is cool that that all these large companies have these research yeah. uh arms that that are that are doing that type of thing sharing with the public what they know and what they're right expecting yeah um and then
1: you mentioned the report just real quick uh like our cost of a data breach that's yeah. an interesting combination of the two right it's our security team with here are the data breach types that we see here's where bad actors are targeting and then we work with ponemon who comes in with the financial data and says and here's what it's costing people to experience those so again it's just an interesting combination of both the financial side of a, a security breach as well as the technology side of it
0: and you're able to use real real examples real, yeah. real pain real data exactly um because of yeah because of your your reach that's that's pretty fascinating and that's something we usually do in our our enterprise security is have people kind of dissect some of these reports mm-hmm. and 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 figure out what's uh what is the the state uh out there because you you know you, you you sometimes get somebody's biased opinion if you look at right. look at what's on coming through your news feed right. um cool uh and and ibm being so large, if somebody's interested in working for IBM, there's so many opportunities across the world, across all sorts of different, Mm -hmm. um, is there a specific place that their IBM is pushing to get like recent grads into? Or Mm. um, are there any strategies for uh, getting, getting into IBM that you know of? Sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely our careers page is where everything gets posted mm-hmm. um, for for early professionals for people out of college. We have an early professionals program that's I think is a great way to. I, if I, if I was coming out, that's the way I'd want to enter IBM. Which uh, you join this program, I think they do it twice a year now, and um, you get exposure to all the different areas of IBM. So you spend some time with each of the different practices and competencies. And then when you're done, I think they're now doing it like in a two month rotation. And when you're done, then you pick where you want to go and th- those teams kind of pick who they want. You know, so there's sort of a matchmaking process. And then uh, you land a role either in consulting and managed services, you know, maybe in one of the product teams. Um, they, I think they usually do 20 to 30 people uh, per class okay. uh, when they do that. So I think to me, that would be the best way because then you get sort of experience a little bit of everything and and sort of make a choice right out of the gate of what fits you best. Uh, there are also lots of internships you see posted. I know like our x Red team, I think out of Austin, Texas, they do a uh, an internship program where they bring in a bunch of people to work on that team and then end up hiring some, if not all of those people later uh, to join the Xforce Red team, which is our team that does like our pen testing and app testing and those kinds of, of services.
0: The, the sexy side of security.
1: Yeah, they, they get all the fun stories. I, I get so annoyed sometimes with those guys.
0: <laughs> they have the I tech- just have to
1: defend against all their bad behavior, right? That's my job is to protect people. They get to break in.
0: Cool. Um, Monica, John, Jody, Mike, any questions? <laughs> you keep my head exploded. Lots of good information here.
1: Um. Yeah, I think I have one. Sure. Um, just uh, as a partner at IBM or even as an associate partner a couple of years ago, what does your day to day look like? You, so I'm, I take you're more so on like, you know, customer interaction sales side of things. Yeah, it's it's 50 50. Right. Part of my job is to sell new projects and part of it's to deliver what I've already sold. Um, and so it's a lot of uh, now it's a lot of WebExes with clients, but it's starting to be, again, travel, you know, for these large, complex projects projects, you'd usually go on site, you'd give them a point of view like, hey, I understand your problem is X, here's how we typically solve it. And then you just kind of start working through, we we talk a lot about now about co-creation. So we try to co-create the solution with the customer. So it's not just our idea or their idea, it's, it's what we can build together because they know their environment better than I do, but I bring a lot of industry perspective. And so that's a big part of the job, right? That design thinking, co-creation, and then we come up with a solution and then we uh what's the plan to implement it? How much is the client going to do? How much are we gonna do? Uh are we gonna manage it afterwards or are we gonna hand it back to them once it's implemented? So, you know, I both solution and sell it and then have to make sure it gets delivered on the back end.
0: And and working with the the customer for co-creation, I can imagine can kind of head off a, what, what you sometimes might find an ill will or kind of resentment when, you know, somebody else is coming into your tech organization and telling you how they, how they, how things should be done. Yeah. Um, Cause I know consultants and contracting can sometimes get a raw deal when things come like that.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You want the client to be bought in to yeah. the end solution because the transformation is the hard part of the work. Anybody can install a technical solution, but if, if the client isn't ready for it and they don't want it as much as, you know, they need it, then you're you're in for a long a long road ahead. So we really want to get them bought in right from the beginning, uh, get them working side by side with us so that we drive this forward. Because oftentimes with security, cultural change in the environment is a big part of it, right? Yeah. Getting people to adopt the security solution, not try to go around it. Uh, so a lot of what we try to do is think about transformational change and cultural change as much as the t- underlying technology,
0: which is neat because you may not have thought that IBM would be like that, being such yeah. a large, old, uh, old school combination, yeah. new school type of thing. Neat.
1: Yeah, um, and, and speaking just real quick, I'll point out because yeah. I had this background behind me. So one of those new school things that we do that I think's interesting. So the picture behind me is our cyber range in Cambridge, you know, Massachusetts. This is actually a, an environment where we invite our clients into and we simulate a breach scenario, so a cyber crisis, and we let them experience it. And it goes to the point of those desks you see there, they're all sitting at the desks. They all t- take a particular role. Phone calls start coming in. Uh, hey, I'm from uh, the, the news. I'd like to get a statement. I just under- mm-hmm. I understood you had a breach. How are you handling this? There's an actually a camera, like we set up a little news studio. They go sit in front of the camera and do a press interview. You wow. know, all the things that a crisis brings about. Again, it's not about the technology. It's about communications, how you handle the crisis. Do you know your roles and responsibilities? So these are the things that help clients really understand that's what security is. It's It's a cultural thing. It's not just the people in the dark room who do smart stuff and you you feed them every once in a while and tell them they did a good job.
0: So does, does that go as far as like, you know, doing the the full-blown business continuity yep. plans and okay. And yeah. looking at operational and organizational.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's uh, I think of it, they did a, such a fantastic job of putting this together. It, to me, it's like a Disneyland experience where you go and you're sort of in this virtual world and you're experiencing it. That's exactly what clients experience here. Cause we'll tailor it, say it's a bank. When they come in we'll use we always use sort of a generic name right so no one gets offended of who who's being breached but um but we'll make it a financial services company we'll have a twitter feed on one screen we'll have their stock stock price up there oh bad news just came out your stock price just tanked what are you doing about it right so it's it's a as real of a immersive experience as, as they can possibly get
0: that sounds pretty neat that sounds yeah. pretty neat and then and, and nice. i mean did i imagine that's a pretty unique opportunity um not a lot of uh organizations get the ability to experience the pain without actually having to have the yeah, pain happen the pain. to them yeah <laughs> yeah exactly that's cool so uh we're running almost out of time so i got some questions for you but one last yes. question first anything i should have asked about that i didn't
1: no you guys have been asking really great questions been spot on
0: okay well here are the fun wrap-up questions and all you ready yep What's your favorite food, restaurant, cuisine? What do you
1: like to eat? So my favorite restaurant is in San Francisco. It's called Burma Superstar. It's a um, Burmese. So it's kind of Indian and Thai fusion of, of cuisine. Uh, so every time I get to San Francisco, I, I eat there multiple times if I can.
0: Okay. Um, do you have any podcast books, movies, TVs about technology that you're interested in or that you'd recommend or you keep keep up with?
1: So there, right now, I'm like really fascinated with electric vehicles and and elect, uh, you know, green energy. So there's a ton of like uh, out of spec reviews. Uh, uh, now, now you know, uh, there's all these kind of EV and Tesla podcasts that I'm really fascinated with watching right now. So that's I don't spend a ton of my time watching security outside of work because yeah. I'm already doing it so much. Uh, so that's where I tend to gravitate toward.
0: And and, and have you got a Tesla on order?
1: Not yet. Uh trying to save or, up a little money. Those things are pretty expensive.
0: Or the, the Rivian truck.
1: Yeah. That I yeah, I'd love to buy an Illinois-based uh, vehicle, right? That would be really cool to be able to do.
0: Uh, let's see. So maybe maybe you kind of answer this, but there is there a technology you would like to, to learn more about or to play around with, maybe on the personal side or or at work?
1: Yeah, I, I, I wish I could spend more time in AI machine learning myself. I remember back in um, at SIU taking a class on building machine learning models, right? And and I've never really been able to spend the time with it. I understand it conceptually, and I see the results of it, but to actually build something myself, I think would be fascinating.
0: And and IBM has done a ton of research in in those areas, and I, I know there's tools that they offer out for you yeah know, stu- schools to use in in that area. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, in the
1: IBM Cloud, there's a bunch of free. You can yeah. subscribe to the IBM Cloud and get access to a lot of these tools. As long as you don't use them over a certain amount, you you have access to a lot of that stuff. I
0: was I was looking at doing Creek Q Radar last semester, but it got too far into it, and I didn't have time to learn it. But that's that's on my uh, that's mm-hmm. on my to do for fall.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, how do you think your role or career will change over the next five to ten years?
1: Oh gosh, um, it, it's going to continue to with uh, quantum computing and with cloud computing it's going to continue to evolve in that i'm going to be securing even more advanced technologies i'm going to have to keep pace with the understanding how those things work and how they impact security um and and just the way companies come to be is different right like they come together so quickly now to develop some new technology it's not you know you don't see these large Companies take a long time to develop things, spin up and, and evolve so quickly. So just keeping pace with that change of business is going to be the challenge I see for myself, um, you know, here in the next five to 10 years. Awesome. And then lastly, if you were to retire
0: today, money's no object, what would you do? Wow. Anything you
1: wanted. Yeah. Um, I think at this point, I would love to just be sitting on a beach for at least a year or two to unwind. Uh, so that's probably where I'd start. Maybe uh, Thailand. Thailand. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been great,
0: Alden. It's it's been too long. I really appreciate you you coming that's here and to talking catch to us and uh, and and we'll let you go. I will um I'll get this published and I'm gonna put it out as a podcast. I'll send you a link.
1: Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Really enjoyable talking to you.
0: Thanks again, and I'll I'll keep you updated about that advisory stuff. Okay, awesome. You guys take care. See you later. Thanks. Bye bye.